Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pronto. Pronto. Okay, we are starting. <laughs> back to row. I'm turning the timer on because I know you too well. Oh, yeah, actually, that'd be Chrono. I got Indiglo and Chrono. With all this work alarms, done. And I can even change it into... Um, are you trying to impress me with your watch? I got a cool watch too, but this mine's is twenty five dollars. Like, what do you call that? Chronophrome? Chronogrome? Chronogrome? What is the one that's not digital? <laughs> <laughs> Acoustic? Okay. I don't, well, welcome. What's the one with the dials? Like, welcome, the old... let's just welcome them to the podcast. Oh. We're excited to banter today. The uh, so welcome to the podcast, Father John, Father Mike, and Father Mike at my right here, and uh, yeah, we got a guest audience. So we're a little coming out of the gun. Yeah. Sprinting here. Welcome, guest audience. We've Welcome. got the, the infamous Becca Messel, who is the infamous. Our, really, our producer. Is, our, she, is that the our title? Pro- our producer flew producer? over because she was so upset with the quality of the podcast that she came over and said, I got to just personally sit him down. And we just spent the last hour and fix all the sound. And um, she made some very obvious uh, observations that we've missed in the last couple of years. Um, and we're going to quality controls at it. On her left is uh, the one and only Molly Rogan. Or Molly Rogan, depending on which country you're... Which way do you say your name? Your accent. What's the correct way? Rogan? Like that guy who's the MMA fighter? Yeah. Yes. Unlike... <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. that actor, Seth. Yeah, I like that. The, uh, and not like the town. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not like the town in the Colorado. Rogan. That's Rogan. Yeah, that's Rogan. And on the right, would you like to introduce our last of the Our tri- wonderful the Haley Kinney. Haley Kinney. And then we're supposed to be like kindred spirits. She's not as weird as you are, though. She's smiling, but I don't think yeah. I think she's cringing inside. The, uh, I was looking at your uh, bourbon there. I was like, "Whoa, pouring it steep!" But that's because I the think ice you melt- poured it. Ice melted in the last hour. We've been screwing around. So yeah, we've been trying to fix the sound for you all out there, and I don't think we've been successful. But yeah. we do have an idea for the future: a splitter, a, sp- <laughs> a basic. Yeah, now not a good technical. Basic sound guys are like. What is wrong with these guys? There's a thing called a splitter that puts two headphones into one headphone jack. Who would have knew that existed? Honestly, it's well, amazing. We, we have this huge soundboard right. with lots of slots to put things. And every time we try to put them in there, they, they don't sound right. I wish people could have seen, <laughs> seen us just punching them into different oh, well, options. We're a mess. <laughs> Maybe this will work. There's too many buttons. There's too many options. We're simple folk. We. That we are. Haley, th- we are. Haley thought we just put the iPhone in front of us. That's how bad the quality is. She's like, yeah. wait, you guys have a soundboard? It's true. It's kind of a surprise. <laughs> it is a surprise for all of us. But we're happy to be back in Rome, and we're happy to be back here getting the uh, semester going. We brought a little extra luggage with us across the Atlantic, and uh, these three. Oh, yeah. I was wondering. <laughs> kind of like, I see the bag of Sour Patch Kids, I remember. Sour Patch that Kids. That was delivered. Julie Grady. Thank you, Julie Grady. Yep, and um, so... It's good to have them. They're helping us transition with our homesickness. So it's a little bit of home coming with us. That's that's true. Come from Colorado. It was Uh, hard to leave Colorado. We had a hard time leaving. You got those colors changing. I asked asked, uh, Father Nathan on the last podcast, what are you going to miss most about us? And he was just frozen. (laughs) He he couldn't think of anything. (laughs) 
He had a bad. A he had a bad September in terms of podcasting. The the one that's coming out. Well, to, the one that came out today is the one that's absolutely nutty. The that you're on that one though. Celebatio, celebratio. I don't know. We'll let Something, the people. We'll let the people decide. Freud's right. There are there are levels of the id in uh, in us that you just don't know where these things are coming out of. It's just like where did this emerge? He's from? Father Nathan's famous for having monkeys typing on <laughs> typewriters in his brain yeah. or something. I don't. That's know. That's how we describe like his. A, his thought process is a thousand monkeys smoking cigarettes and just <laughs> hammering on the, Every once in a while, they put a sentence together and they just... Rah, rah. That's what he says. To print, to print, and then to he print. speaks. That's how he describes his brain. Oh. Yeah, well, we miss him. We miss Father Nathan, even if... Uh, yeah, he didn't know what to... We did yeah, his we Facebook do. And live. And Father we're, Michael, we're that was really fun, the Facebook, Facebook live. live. We're not good awkward. live. Yeah. We're not good live. Even like uh, right now, just kind of... These are What are you calling forms. this? Not good? This yeah, is gold. These are, these are our friends. These are I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, we're getting some feedback from the gallery, like that laugh track. A lot of thumbs we up. Need we need a Did laugh track. Ever, have you ever had a laugh track? We, we had, need a splitter and a laugh track, people. We had Steph Dunbar was the laugh track girl for a long time, and uh, we could have just record her and then just put it on repeat. These guys no, the laugh track is like the button you push, because you're not actually getting real live laughs, uh, yeah. and you push the button, and then, ah, ha, ha, everyone. We could probably get Molly to do that. No, no she's all nervous. We now. can just explode in laughter at any to, point. <laughs> You have to do it loud, though. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, I'm kind of uh, jet lagging still. Jet lag got me down. You got the jet lag blues. I think that the uh, jet I mean, you lag get tired. Thing, Did, is, does that not happen to anybody else? They say one I day. Was very tired. They this say time. one day per hour of change. Uh, the, on the flight, fourteen. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. Eight hour. Yeah, eight hour time. I don't know. Like, eight one, hour it's going to take me two weeks to get over this thing. <laughs> eight hour time zone. One hour per day to fully okay, adjust. Okay, so I'm eight I'm hours to help you right ahead now. of Colorado right now. So it's eight days to fully get over jet lag because you just changed eight hours. This is what they tell me, and I like that because it takes me a while. I was up at three thirty. Wait, I don't. Time. I still don't understand how many. How long will it take me to get over jet lag? Yesterday, you should have got over it. Well, the um, <laughs> I I got up this morning. I. Uh, and I was sitting at breakfast. I was like, did you guys hear that crazy thunderstorm last night? And everyone's looking at me like, what are you talking about? And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I was dreaming that. Yeah, I think you did. I mean, it was a wild, I mean, it, it was it, a wild it, storm. I it rained the, today. I could hear the windows, and I was like, man, I got to shut the windows. And I was up at four. Nope, I'm just psycho. <laughs> Sorry. That never happened. <laughs> are you guys sure that didn't happen? I think there was a serious storm last night. You guys are all asleep like There babies. was, in your head. Gosh. As Father Dave Nixon, you know what though? Sometimes I'm jealous because when you tell me the, about these dreams and how imagine, imaginative they are, yeah. you like live an adventure of life every night. Every night, and I never sleep. I'm over here just like sleeping, I guess. I know. We're kind of rolling around, yeah, wishing right. I was sleeping. No, as Father Dave Nix once said to Marilyn Pinnock, the best pillow is a good conscience. And that totally freaked her out. What and, does that uh, mean? Are you saying you're I'm saying I don't, perfect? obviously. I don't have a good conscience because oh, I'm up every oh, night rest. walking around. Okay. You guys obviously are. You know, in community. That's true. Yeah. So no rest for the wicked. They say that too. Something like that. So, anyways, allora, we're back in Italy, and we're back. We're back I in just Italy. started. I just started grade twenty three, which is kind of depressing. I'm like, am I always going to be a child? They got a photo of me in front of school with my thumbs up in my, my lunchbox, lunchbox. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, off to school again. Twenty third. What'd you put grade. in there? Did you ever have fruit by the foot? Yeah, we had more gushers though. Oh yeah, yeah, gushers. gushers. Was, that was more of our, that was cool our jam. Too, yeah. But we I had think we had the like the chip, you know, like the individually packaged. Um, ah, what are they? Lays chip, chip like uh, the uh, potato chips. You got the ruffles. You got the 
Doritos. Oh yeah, the variety pack. And my yeah, yeah, my yeah. brother, guys, my ones. brother was always going for that Doritos, uh, Cool Ranch, Cool Ranch. Steve always he would always yeah. grab the Cool Ranch, and I like the uh, chili cheese Fritos and the nacho cheese. Our variety pack sucked. You had like chili cheese and Cool Ranch. We had Doritos. Regular Lays and Fritos. Those were our three options. And oh, yeah. Steve always grabbed the Doritos. But we didn't... You must have paid extra. You got... Like the you nacho ri- cheese one. You rich kids from Centennial, man. Hey. We were living poverty. Shop at remember? King Supers. The... Uh, I remember when my dad would make us lunch and... Uh, He'd put butter on this. We were always like, oh, no, not dad sandwiches. Because instead of like mayonnaise or mustard, he'd put butter on the inside. So it's just like turkey sandwich with butter. You're just like, oh, gosh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. not good. My dad, my dad, my dad wonderful make, father. He'd but make that, a sandwich for himself, not for us. I don't. He, he never like for, for like forces on us. He would make peanut butter and butter. <laughs> Is that real? Is that a real sandwich? Peanut butter and butter. I I swear I remember that happening. Oh, oh that's really that's oh, really gross. That's unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I didn't have a note from my mom in the lunchbox though this week. So. So, but well, that's a great transition into our topic today. Moms, lunchboxes, uh, feed the hungry, cool. Oh, cool, ranch. yeah, yeah, nice. Feed the hungry, children are hungry, nice. School is a hungry time, right? I'm just I'm, trying to like lay out I'm the logic you. of the that was transition, flawless transition. Oh, yes, we works at mercy. The corporal works at mercy, corporal works at mercy. Here we go. Okay, so I was, I got an invitation today to the or, or Episcopal ordination of. Father Jorge Rodriguez, who I'd like to congratulate publicly. He was our, uh, our oh, formator in seminary mm-hmm. and was a good priest example to us. And, uh, and he was the house father in my house at Christ the King in Denver for a while. Took us down to Mexico. He took us to down to Mexico. Spanish. And yeah. we hung out with him in Progreso. Were you there? Then? Merida. Gobel and I were in a... No, I was... Father Matt Book and I were in on a separate trip. Ah, okay. Separate summer. Oh, yeah, okay. But uh, arranged by the same Father Jorge. Same Father Jorge, now bishop-elect. Yep. He was, uh, he was a great, a real example of priestly generosity and service. And uh, sometimes we locked horns in seminary. Occasionally, uh, yes. But he was uh, he, always a good man, a very merciful man. And his Episcopal motto, so he'll be ordained uh, a bishop sometime soon. I don't know. November-ish. i got to look at that. Yeah. But his, the Episcopal motto he has chosen is Misericordia eius in progenies et progenies. Can you translate that for me? Um, his Could mercy show. endures forever and ever? No. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. Mm, yeah. So I think they'll translate it that sometimes. So it's um, his mercy is in every generation. For every generation, from ages to ages, or forever, like you just said. Yeah. So it comes from the Magnificat, mm. Mary's song, after finding out she was going to be the mother of God. Nice. And she's talking about who God is. She says, this one is merciful. Mm. His mercy is from generation to generation. And this was an act of mercy that she is, uh, or that God has chosen to become incarnate and be born of this humble virgin. Oh, Very nice. Yeah. So this is talking about God. And I want to talk about mercy in part because I got this invitation today. But more importantly, this we are coming to the end of the year of mercy, the Jubilee year of mercy. How do you feel about that? Oh, are you ready you. for the end of the Jubilee year? I'm ready for year? the end. I'm not. Oh, I'm ready for the end. Yeah. He's setting me up. Yeah, he's, okay. He's, he was just complaining yeah. about mercy, mercy, yeah. mercy, mercy. So, and then mer- I want to talk about mercy because well, we haven't talk done it on mercy. the podcast. Let me just tell you what I think about the year of mercy <laughs> oh, right no. for a second. Wait, it's, this is a really this is good thing. Not and a I've good been, setup. No, 
It's fine. Becca, pour me a little more Maker's Way. <laughs> yeah, it's about let's, to go down. <laughs> there are a few things in my life that have challenged me more than the message of this year of mercy and the message of mercy in general in the gospel. So I'm saying this as a man who struggles intensely with mercy, has been deeply convicted by the need to grow in mercy. But I'm getting to a point where I just kind of like vomit in my mouth whenever I hear certain buzzwords now, yeah. and and it's becoming one of them. The corporal works of mercy. We, we had a beautiful ordination last week with a very fine homily, but it was just like I just feel like I'm getting this odd nauseum, and I'm kind of like the gospel is not just the works of mercy. I know that's important, and maybe I'm just like a one of these kind of like cold intellectuals who sits in the library all the time, who's not loving. I just got in a fight with a homeless guy outside. Because he said, my throat hurts. I didn't and know I, about that. He says, my throat hurts. We're speaking in Italian, so it's kind of crazy. And he says, my throat is really hurting. And I was like, I'm really sorry to hear that. And he goes, I need money for medicine. And I said, I have no money. I have no. I have nothing on me right now. And he goes, and I said, I can pray for you. He goes, I don't want your stupid prayers. I mean, he said that. And yeah. I think he said that in Italian. And I, and, and I said, well, that's all I got. And he goes, well, prayers don't work. I got a sore throat. And so I was like, what about your soul? And he goes, I don't have, your, I don't have a soul. And I, we just got in this huge argument. This was right before the girls showed up for lunch. So this is the kind of corporal, I don't have a soul. this is my corporal works of mercy today. Is yelling at a homeless guy uh, one of them? I don't think so. But this I, is the kind of thing <laughs> that I was like, I'm not merciful, but I'm also like, well, all okay. Right. Now, so you're going to inspire me to be excited about. I'm not going to inspire strong. you for anything. I'm no. going to talk to the podcast audience Thank and you, teach them about mercy, all and right. you're going to sit here and listen to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the. Well, Jesus didn't say give money to the, it was not Gancho, the scratchy way. throat or whatever. He sa- he did say give uh, drink to the thirsty, and maybe you should have offered him should have tried that. I would argue that you actually did an act of mercy today. You did a work of mercy by engaging with this guy who other people are just going to blow off. Okay, I'll get into the the etymology of misericordia. Yeah. Mi- misericordia aeus in. Progenies at progenies. So this word mercy in Latin is a, uh, a combination of three words. Now, I've told Father John this already, and so You've he already knows this. But I think, I, I think it's really cool it's thing I've learned. It's great, no. And, uh, and it helps to, to kind of frame the discussion of the works of mercy. So it's three words, miseris, cor, dia, or dare. Okay, we, we think that that comes from dare. So miseris is wretched or poor. Core is the Latin word for heart, and then dare means to give. It's the verb to give, right? It's one of the first verbs you learn. And can you give the six principal parts of do das da? Do dare. Oh, do dare. Uh, do, what is it? What is the perfect datum? Datum's the fourth. Yeah, datum s. Do dare. I don't. I don't. I think the it's third. Davi. Dati, Davi. Datum is the perfect. Present, you know? present perfect. I'm looking at the audience here. Whenever you learn a Latin no, word, okay, they you, have don't to, Latin. you have to you have to know all these principal parts for each of the different tenses or moods. It's insane. Sorry. All right, sorry. Linguistic Catholic stuff you should know. Okay, back to the words. Back. Okay. Miseris cor dare. Give when, your... Whenever Haley's on her phone, that means you're becoming extremely boring. So no, I'm not watch. even looking That's at like that. The I did test. I did notice that, but uh I don't so care. Just keep an eye on it. I'm always boring. Okay, That's continue. Quite continue. common. Okay, so miseries cor dare. Um, give your heart to the wretched, to give your heart to the wretched or to the miserable. You know, Les Miserables is this famous play by, or I don't know, well, play adapted to a play, novel by Victor Hugo. Right. It's one of your favorites. The Miserables. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it talks about it, people know the human condition can be miserable. And for a lot of people, it just is. You look at people and you say, why can't you get out of that cycle of misery? Right. Um, our friend Becca Messel works at the Samaritan House. I used to work with the homeless. A lot of times you feel like that. This person is never going to get out of their cycle of yeah. misery. Yeah. And uh, I want to be able to change that. I want to be able to control that. I want to be able to help something. And I don't know what to do. Well, Jesus doesn't say you have to fix everybody's misery. Get rid of poverty. Get rid of... He says the poor will always be with you. And what he asks of us is uh, that we give our heart to the poor, hmm. that we love them. And I think your act, your, your little act of engaging this guy in conversation and offering him something, um, wanting to help him, just wanting to help him, whether or not he cares, is an act of mercy. You're actually becoming merciful in spite of... Uh, <laughs> your protests. I know that uh, Father John has been praying very hard and really taking this year of mercy seriously. So I want to, I, I do want to honor that. I appreciate that. And even though he says he's frustrated with the whole thing because it's, um, it's difficult. Yeah. He, he, he uh, and I have also been, uh, I've also been praying um, throughout the year about what does this mean and like, how do we live it? Okay. So I think one of the harder things with the Christian life is that we have all of these like high sounding principles and phrases um, that are a bit abstract. Give your heart to the wretched. Okay. Well, what does that look like? How am I supposed to do that? Not just like feel it's one thing to hear that and to say, I'd like to do that. And then you ask, well, what can I do? What specifically can be done? Um, Jesus teaches us, be merciful just as your heavenly Father is merciful. As a kind of Lucan... Oh, I don't want to get into that. No, okay, Jesus go. says... <laughs> Lucan, whenever the word Lucan... Okay, so uh, i got to get into this As Lucan. in the Gospel this of is Luke, he's a Luke Acts. Okay, so at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, Jesus has this phrase that's way challenging, way too hard for anybody to live up to that been possible. What is it? He says, Be perfect right. just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, what am I supposed to... What does that even mean, Jesus? I still ask that. I don't know what that means. But Luke has an interpretation of that that he qualifies when he gives his version of the, the same Sermon on the Plain. At the end of the Sermon on the Plain, Luke says, has Jesus saying, be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. This is kind of a description of what for Matthew was the perfection of God. Be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. Um, so we're getting a little bit closer. How do I be perfect? I don't know. That's very abstract. How can I be merciful? I still struggle to know exactly what that looks like in my life, but I know that it's to give my heart to the poor and to the wretched, the miserable ones around me, whoever they might be. And then the church in her wisdom, um, elaborates the judgment scene that Jesus tells in, in parable form in Matthew 25. You remember how that goes? Jesus uh, says, the Son of Man's coming back, and what's he going to do? In Matthew 25. Matthew 25. What did I say? Yeah, 25. Oh. I don't know. He's going to separate the sheep, the sheep from the goats. goats. Okay. okay. And then what is the criteria for judging the sheep, separating the sheep from the goats? I was, yeah, I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was hungry, and you fed me. So I was naked foundation. and in prison. And you came to visit me, you know, and you clothed me. Ah, so that's the foundation of the... Right? So that's where we get this, this idea of the works of mercy. And Jesus says, um, whatever you did for the least of these brothers, you did for me. And 
for, for those who come to him and he say, I know you, Jesus, you're my friend. And he says, well, where were you when I was naked and imprisoned and suffering and you did nothing for me? And he says, I don't know you, depart from me to everlasting judgment. That should be scary to us all, no? Mm-hmm. And it should motivate us to want to do works of mercy, to take care of Jesus in the least of our, our brothers. So the church in her wisdom takes these, this passage, this parable that Jesus tells, and then kind of elaborates what exactly does it look like to be merciful as God is merciful, and what is Jesus asking us for? And so we have developed seven works of, what, are you, what do you call them? Corporal, Corporal works, of, works mercy. of mercy. Corporal meaning for the body, mm-hmm. taking care of people. And then seven spiritual works of mercy. And uh, I won't quiz show you. Do not quiz show me, but uh, quiz show Molly. I have a list. Can somebody grab that list? Molly's got it. Okay, so I'm reading a book about uh, Mother Teresa and how she lived out these works Question, of mercy. Question, have you ever seen Caravaggio's painting of the seven corporal works of I mercy? I have. It's very strange. It's very strange. Yeah. I have it upstairs. It's I should down have brought in Naples. It. We should go see it sometime. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Things happening everywhere, and you're yeah. kind of supposed to see all of these works of mercy. Yeah, being acted out. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll I'll bring it down after the podcast. You have it, and we might post it on the producer. Producer, what do you think? What do you think? I'm getting the thumbs we up. We might have to put an E for explicit on it. Do you remember the image, Caravaggio's image? That's feed the hungry. Is that guy hungry in prison? <laughs> it's strange. Yeah, 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 or, yeah. or comfort. Stay the, tuned. Comfort the lonely, maybe. <laughs> Okay, stay tuned. Okay, stay tuned. so I'm just going to list them off. And you can, you can take this as sort of like a, I don't know, like an examination of conscience before we end the, end the year of mercy, um, or just some like motivation. You're wouldn't saying, be a good time, I want to be... Wouldn't it be a good time to offer like a complete rebuttal? I agree with everything you're saying, but would that be better later or before we... Can I, I list the works of mercy? Yeah, I just don't want you to land the plane before I at least have a chance to hijack it. So. Okay. No, 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 that's fine. That's Catholic stuff you should debate. Um, Okay, feed the hungry. These are the corporal works of mercy. Feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless, visit the sick, and visit the, visit the imprisoned and bury the dead. Is that seven? Seven. Did I do eight? Oh, yeah. No, that's seven. Bury the dead. What about the eighth? Well, no, there's seven spiritual works of mercy as well, and I'm going to list those, and then you can put in the 15th, because I don't know where it lands. I didn't, Natural make up, I, didn't works make up, of I didn't make up a 15th. Okay. Here's the seven spiritual works of mercy. Instruct the ignorant, counsel the doubtful, admonish sinners, bear wrongs patiently, forgive offenses willingly, comfort the afflicted, pray for the living and the dead. Okay, now, one of the things I like about these spiritual works of mercy, we don't tend to think of taking care of poor people with these spiritual works of mercy. So I think they're really fun for people to know and just to bring to prayer. But most of these, what might surprise you, bear wrongs patiently, forgive offenses willingly, um, admonish sinners, comfort the afflicted, are a lot of things that we as companions end up talking about Mm -hmm. how to live our friendship Mm -hmm. and generally how to live the Christian life in community. You know, how do you hold each other accountable? How do you learn to forgive each other? How do you... Um, bear like um, what do we call that um, forbearance uh, uh, tolerate tolera. yeah tolerate right. we use this kind of language in our talk about uh, Christian life together so it's not just 
who's that guy who's begging for something on the street? Mm-hmm. Although that is definitely part of it. I don't want to count that out. Mm-hmm. But there's also, how is this person in front of me who I'm trying to love in my family, among my friends, in my parish, how are they miserable? You know, we're, we're all fallen. We all have sin, and we're all in need of mm-hmm. mercy. So passing on mercy isn't just something I do at the Samaritan house or on the street. It's something I can do in the Casa Santa Maria or on the plane or, you know, running into classmates at school. Um, uh, all of life offers this opportunity to run, to encounter each other's poverty, to recognize our own poverty, and then to exercise the works of mercy. No? Oh, I like it. What do I you like think it. about that for the companions? Well, I, I think it's really true. And even with the companions, we talk about, um, like, until you until you can encounter and love a guy in his poverty, you're not really loving him, you know? You love someone for their giftedness or their charm or their, you know what I mean? Right. And then we, we talk about vulnerability so you can recognize right. it's a, it's the a, weaknesses. It, yeah, exactly. Guys. And, we, I mean, we have these friends here in town, and, and they're wonderful, but I, I can remember distinctly moments, and with you as well, but where we move beyond just man, we have a lot of fun together and they're great to like moments where your poverty is just so exposed and you, both, both ways and you can't and the experience of being loved in that. Yeah. So and there's something very, very, very powerful about mercy from a friend. Right. Mercy. It, I mean, there's another general definition that is to get something that you don't deserve to be right. given a gift. You don't deserve. Was that Monsignor where, Chapel who told you that? Cause he told me that and it really stuck with me. Oh, I think it's just a good it's just a phrase, definition yeah. of mercy. Mercy is to generally. give someone what they don't deserve. Yeah. And he said that it it's like, kind of in contrast oh. to justice, where you right. give them what they do deserve. Right. But if I'm sinful, my friend, what I deserve from my friend is to be rejected right. and to be pushed away. And if he forgives me or loves me in my sinfulness, that's merciful. Right. And it's powerful. Right. Well, and it's, it's the only thing that's really healing. Because there's so much alienation, so you say to yourself, "How do how do we get back to communion?" You know, because this is all about communion. You know, the works of mercy are about the church articulating practically for us how do you become men? And, how do we become better men and women of communion? And uh, these are it, but it's about the communion is about the heart. So it's about these works are about changing the heart. And I'm not going to rebuttal your whole thing, but that's the whole point I want to say to is like, oh, okay. to adhere your heart to the poor uh, in mercy. It's not just about doing things for poor people, you know, but it has to be that that is a privileged way to it, though, you know, and the material, even with yeah. the companions, we talk about the relationship between material poverty and spiritual poverty. We can't just say we're going to be spiritually poor. We have to actively work to become materially poor because that's always the, the vehicle for it, you know, according to our state of life. But. Yeah. And then we develop a sort of conformity to the heart of Christ. That's more right. than just I'm going to put up with this guy's faults forever. Right. You know, we actually become merciful and can love and accept someone who they are, including their weaknesses and their limitations and faults and and all that. Now, I do think just the acts are themselves important because they are the vehicle of getting us to that point of conversion and changing our heart to this place of communion. Right. If we don't act, this I mean, you'll hear a lot of Christians, and I have this temptation, too, to say, well, this is really about how I feel, or maybe I can pray for the grace to, that I'll just change, or my, right. my, my heart will be... I don't know. That's not the way God works. God works by us actually making these um, heroic acts of mercy that then change who we are, how we behave, 
and even our own our own soul. Right. You know? Like salvation is is a team effort. It comes from Christ. We can't gain our own our own salvation, but we're working together with Him to grow. And if we don't act, if we never act, if you say it's enough for me to go and pray at my church, I don't have to go love anybody. I don't have to go do any works of mercy. I don't have to visit the imprisoned or feed the hungry or visit the homeless. Then you're not actually going to change at all. Right. You're going to be playing a mind game with yourself, saying I'm growing in friendship with Christ. When that same Jesus said, "If you're my friend, do what I command. Right. Love one another. Right. And that's action. Right. I think one of the things I have reacted out of for a lot of years is older priests telling me when I was like a seminarian, um, if you're serious about being Christian, you need to just be downtown with the poor, right. with the homeless population. Go on mission to El right. Salvador. Or and something. you want to hang out in Boulder with your college kids mm. and all these rich people and you just want to do your thing. And I want to be like, screw you. Like, don't tell me. That I'm, I'm just doing what the bishop asked me to, to go to one of the richest parts of the state and, and work there. And then my next assignment wasn't. It was, with, it was with poor people. But at that time, I was so frustrated because I was like, and Mother Teresa talks about this, there's extreme poverty, spiritual poverty, uh, especially among the rich, among the wealthy cultures in yeah. Western countries, and especially in our, you know, in our day. Um, and I found a lot of poverty at the University of Colorado, and I was trying to love it. But with that being said, that was it was also reacting to that thing because there is something about getting down to the nitty gritty and talking to homeless people. And I'm very proud that we have three of our friends working at the Samaritan House, you know. Yeah. Because there's something about when I did prison ministry, I was kind of in it was there was a grittiness to it in a way that was really good. Yeah. But I still react to like this guy we Well, yeah, it can't dinner. just be that guy at dinner at the it's table easy next to, us to judge. wouldn't stop no, talking to us. It's he was so just like, I'm not Catholic, but I work with the poor. When and it was just like... From that perspective, if you, like, you, know, you have your badge, your name tag that says, I'm a missionary, I work with the poor, then everybody has to acknowledge, oh, you're Christian. If you say, you know, I work with the spiritually poor, and I help the people in Boulder, you're gonna, it's not as easy to, to see it specifically, and you can have a lot of people judge you. But right. that's up to you and God. I mean, you really do have to take care of those spiritual needs of people. We all do as priests. We're supposed to serve whoever's given to us as you know our responsibility. And like you said, Mother Teresa really did say, the West doesn't struggle with hunger. It's not that, pe- that people are starving for food. They're starving for God. They're starving for love. They're starving for friendship. These things that are works of mercy, if you can give them. Right. So here we go. As a, as a hypocrite, I stand before judgment here. Doesn't that mean... No, hypocr- no, no. I'm not. I'm just saying it's yeah, well, easy for people to judge. I, 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 don't, I don't think you're I don't think you're. I want to make... I want to make... I want to make a critique of the year of mercy. And oh, I, yeah. I, I okay. say this as a very... This un- is your rebuttal. As a very unmerciful man. Is this an okay moment to do this? Well, you just sound like a fool. Go on. No, I'm not. You're going to be convinced here in a second. Okay. Here's my two critiques of the presentation of the year of mercy as it's unfolded this year, right? Now, everything is limited, of course. You know, every presentation of everything from the gospel is limited. But number one, okay, I think the main enemy of the church right now is um, what I would call an anthropocentric humanism. That means humanism trying to... Can I say secularism? Secular humanism, but it's anthropocentric in the sense that it's not theocentric. That's that's my main concern. I'm taking that from Henri de Lubac, who said that in the drama of atheistic humanism, this is the greatest temptation in the 20th century. I think it's still going on. 
to where we're going to make the world a better place for God. But God really has nothing to do with anything. So my first concern is the presentation of mercy. These are concerns. These are not indictments. These are not conclusions. But if we, I get nervous, if we present mercy as something, it's, it's something we're doing, and it has nothing to do with something I'm experiencing from Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Who's talking about St. Faustina this, this year, right? About the experience of divine mercy. How do we actually encounter the mercy of Jesus, and how does that impel us to this? Right, who is a contemplative, not a social worker. Exactly. So if you're not, it's not necessarily, it doesn't begin in the streets, it begins in the Adoration Chapel, and it begins on our knees instead of with our hands. And so when I hear this stuff about... Um, it's just all, 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 just get out there and do things. I think to myself, especially in American culture, and knowing myself, it's like this is activism, right? Activism is where it's just we're so great because we're so merciful and we're doing all these great things to improve the world. And I'm just kind of like, that makes me nervous. Yeah. It makes me real nervous. And I, that's, well, what I think, I, that's what I'm hearing yeah, a lot I think, of the time. Okay, well, I won't, you know, I won't deny your experience. And I, I think that's probably the majority of what I've heard as well is, uh, okay, so get out there and give money away or something. Really boring. Um, there are some initiatives in this year of mercy to facilitate people's encounter with the mercy of God, for example, like um, encouraging confessions and um, sacramental life and having missionaries of mercy appointed for each diocese to go and preach missions in the churches. And uh, Part of it is trying to renew our sense of God's mercy for us. And I think that's um, something I would have liked to hear more of as well. And part of my intention with this podcast is I'm not going to let a year go by uh, that has such an important theme and not say anything about it. You know, I've been praying about it all year. right? And I do hesitate for some of the same reason to say this isn't just a, a, a call, an exhortation, go out there and you know, save, fix poverty or something right. like that. I don't think that was Jesus's intention. Right. But Jesus talks about this stuff. So we have to take it seriously. And it's, it's just like a, a means toward an end. The end being this complete friendship with Christ that is something that we can't lose sight of, that, that end. Bingo. And that was my second point that, that's right there, is I get nervous because I disagree with everything. I, everything you said, I'm with you. Um, but uh, the second point is if the acts of mercy are separated from the will of Jesus, then are they actually authentically merciful? So if, if I'm spending all my time as a priest downtown working at the Samaritan house, and that's not the will of God, am I actually doing works of mercy? Yeah, well, yeah, I am. I am. I'm doing merciful things. But it's separated from Jesus. And even that gospel from Matthew 25, when he talks about that, do what I command you. Do the will of the Father. And so one of my other concerns is the acts of mercy put on a pedestal without the reinforcement of spiritual discernment. People knowing how to do the will of Jesus, how to know the will of Jesus, how to follow it. What is he asking of us? What does that look like? What does mercy look yeah. like for all of us? And who, are, who are the poor in my life that I should be? I'm never going to be Dorothy Day. 
living in mission tour. I'm never going to be Madeline DeBrill, right? And I'm not going to be Father Skiznicki. Is that pronounced correctly? Who's amazing. Who's a saintly man who works yeah, in the Capuchin, works in the Smyrna house. But I feel bad because I'm not him. Because if I was the I real know, deal, you always feel I'd guilty. be down I'm there. not trying to feel, make you feel guilty. Or anybody I, else out well, there. Well, you're Jesuit trained, all right? So let me just put that out there. And I get this, I get this BS about uh, I'm the neocon who's trained by Opus Dei. I just got that recently from somebody. And I was like, I didn't realize people thought of me like this. I'm not trying to be a conservative jerk. I'm just trying to say, what about the will of Jesus? Yeah. Right? That's well, I, more I think important. If you don't have the right order for these things, they get weird. And we do have extremes in the church that are like, I'm contemplative, I spend all my time in prayer, and I don't help anybody. And there's other people who will say, I always help people, and prayer is silly. And that obviously is not the Christian life. You've got to have both of these things working together and uh, moving us closer to love of God and love of neighbor. No? That's all i got to say. I'm with you. Yeah, is, well, I, think, I think we agree. We agree we, about everything, apparently. We, uh, <laughs> we agree about everything. Si amo acuerdo. No, I'm not trying to stick it to you. That's or stick funny. It, really We're like to... the conservative and liberal now on this one. I know. I don't know how that happened. And I'm wearing flip-flops right now with my clerics. I, so I think I, I'm very um, happy to this topic. I'm very inspired by this year and I think what what God has been challenging me too. So I think this is great. We have to be focused on this. And I can think of areas in my life where not, where I can think of area, times in my life where I hit these like existential cul-de-sacs. You just, it's boom. You just, you, there's no way out. Yeah, where do I go from here? And mercy is always the answer. It's mm. always the way out. Yeah, but it always takes like a radical refashioning of the heart. I mean, I can think of moments, even in the last year, when I've got to that cul-de-sac and just been like, this is a dead end. There's nowhere. There's nowhere to go here. But there's always a way. There's always a way with Jesus, and uh, it's it's the way of mercy. So I'm I'm with you, and I'm gonna Amen. go. I'm Thank gonna you. go find some more homeless guys. Today, right. and I'm Kyrie gonna chew them out. Son. I'm gonna go chew them out. Does that sound? Kyrie no. no, no, no. That was no. good. Yeah, that Just was keep good. talking to them. That's all I ask. I know that is half of it. Yeah, That's absolutely. Half all right, do you got shoutouts coming? Yeah, I got some shoutouts. Um, there was a wedding last weekend in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Sarah and Paul. You know Sarah and Paul? Sarah is Catherine Arndt, one of his Catherine oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. best Sarah, friends. Sarah was on the uh, Camino with us. And, uh, yeah, Sarah on the Camino. And uh, Father Scott Sperry did the wedding. Oh, he's And a I buddy. heard he gave a great homily. Scotty, I wish you were here. We had a wonderful uh, dinner together a couple months ago. And uh, so he was a little sick, and so it was great that he was able to do the wedding. And I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Sarah looked beautiful. Paul's brother, Greg, is... Shy Greg, who you oh, call? Yeah. Who you call? Weird Ned. I don't know why you call him Weird Ned. But, <laughs> this is uh, like one of those weird. He Nets also listens to the podcast. He's gonna Nerd. hear this. So anyway, Shy Greg and Catherine and Sarah and Paul, we love you guys, and we're very excited for what's going on down in Phoenix. Though we wish these yeah, guys, congratulations. Wish these guys from Phoenix would quit stealing our women from Colorado. Yeah, everybody keeps moving to Phoenix. Now Nolan's from South Dakota. It's pretty cool. But he took Grace, so we're losing them one by one. So don't get any ideas. Don't talk to any boys from Phoenix, right? God Three. bless them. Yeah, we them. raise them. We raise them holy, and then we send them down and there. Then send them. <laughs> Is that all the shout-outs? <laughs> That's all I got. I was I was trying to remember there. Someone sent me um, some Native American teas, a variety pack, and Sour Patch hey, Kids. That was Haley Kinney, I think. And some American stamps, like collectible stamps. Oh, and I forget Cassie. Oh, it was Cassie. Yes. Okay, I was trying to remember the name, but I'm really grateful. A weird tea that might have peyote in it, may or may not. 
I haven't tried it yet, but look forward that to it. That was Cassie. Cassie and Jared Langholz. She used to be Kit. Well, I forget her name. Yeah, they sent, so about a year ago, this wonderful couple that I married tried to send us a care package in Rome. And it just arrived in Denver like a month ago. So they were per- they persevered, but we got all the goodies. Thank and you. you got some nice old stamps out of it. Yes, I did. Yeah. Thank you. Because I collect them <laughs> and I like them. <laughs> Anybody who sends me weird stuff, the weird stuff always goes to Father Mike. And he well, likes it. <laughs> you got any shout outs uh, other than Cassie and Jared? Oh, no, that's the only one. All right. Well, well done. Yes, thank you. I enjoyed this thoroughly. Be merciful. Just as your father is merciful. Merciful as your father is merciful. Like us on Facebook. Email us at catholicstuffpodcast at gmail.com. God bless you all. God bless you. Welcome back to Rome. Thanks for listening.